0: That's right, folks. Fantasy football playoffs are upon us, and today we're going to be talking about the key must-have handcuffs that you need on your rosters for that playoff push. Players like Alexander Matterson is going to be involved in this discussion today. We're going to break down not only just your running back handcuffs. We're going to talk today about wide receivers, tight ends. We're also going to talk about some potential players that are highly owned that you could drop on your rosters. Before we do, we want to make sure you follow us at Razball Fantasy on YouTube, IG, and TikTok. Go check it out. We have daily content over on the social medias. We also have Twitter as well at Razball. We also want to make sure you're going to Razball.com. We have fantastic resources over on Razball right now, folks. We have the slot verse wide rest of season tool that you can check out who has the best rest of season schedules we have the weekly matchup tool we have adjusted line yards matchup metric we have everything you need to win your fantasy leagues every single week and the rest of the season and of course make sure you're joining us every sunday live that's right on the rasball fantasy youtube channel we jump on for two hours to close out the season with you talk about all your start to questions we're also going to be talking about Slot versus wide starts of the week, streamers. We're also going to be breaking down injuries, weather reports, everything you need to know before kickoff. But today, let's talk handcuffs and let's start the show. That's right, folks. I shelled out the big bucks, and that's, a, and that's why I have my main man, Sky Gawasco. You can follow him at Sky Gawasco on Twitter. What's going on, Sky?
1: Nothing like a little overtime pay on a Friday from Raz Ball. You know what I mean? You're like, hey, Sky, I need, need the big guns. You know, here's our budget. I was like, Bob, for you, you know, cut it down a little bit. Get a little uh, weekend scratch, holiday seasons. Start stashing the stockings. So happy to be here, my man.
0: Now, Sky, prior to Rasball, I would have said I'm your handcuff when we did TCK. But I feel like you're my handcuff now at Razzball. This is nice. Yeah. Like you're, But you're like the first guys we're going to talk about in this section. So today's episode, we have a bunch of different sections, not just by position. but We also want to talk briefly about the highly owned handcuffs slash not handcuffs in today's show. And this list is basically guys that are probably one B-backs more likely than handcuffs. And they're highly owned in most leagues, so they're probably not going to be available. However... We do want to bring it up because today's show is about every league. You could be in an 8-team league. You could be in a 10-team league that has shallow benches that some of these guys might be available. And we're also going to talk at the end about some players to drop. So let's start breaking this down right now, Scott. I'm going to go through this list really quick and then I'm going to get your feedback on maybe one or two guys that you want to talk about. So I always recommend if you listen to the audio side, we have visuals. You get to see Sky's beautiful beard my beautiful whatever I got going on in my chin, and and it's just a lot of fun. I've got some graphics for you. But here's some of the key guys we want to talk about in the highly owned handcuffs or not handcuffs section. Of course, we have the Dallas Cowboys backfield with Zeke L and Tony Pollard. I think at this point we both can say that if you haven't traded for Pollard or Zeke, if you have one of those guys, you're not going to find them on waivers. It's going to be tough to find them. But if you still have a trade deadline that's this week, and you're in it, and you're thinking maybe I want to just lock up that backfield. Not a bad idea. Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt is one of those prior to the season. Kareem Hunt probably mostly owned in a lot of leagues, but I have a 10-team league right now that Kareem Hunt is available. So go check your waiver wires. If you're a Nick Chubb owner and Nick Chubb goes down, I could promise you you probably want to start Kareem Hunt than 90% of the running backs in fantasy football. You have Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift. We know about this situation, in Detroit. Williams getting a lot of the work there. You also have Justin Jackson floating around. But it's going to be really tough to pry Swift away in that scenario. You also have Ramaji Steven and Damian Harris. Who would have thought those two guys would have flipped? But it looks like Stevenson's the main guy. Harris, don't forget the name, guys. He's probably a lot cheaper to acquire right now. And maybe because of the injuries over the last few weeks, he might have slipped onto waivers. We have Leonard Fournette and Rashad White. I don't think it's, good. it's going to be impossible to get either one of these guys. Maybe it might be easier for the White owner to get Fournette at this point. But also, just the way they use their backfield this whole season, it's been a split for the most part. But I do like the fact that, you know, I still believe in Fournette to an extent. I think he's still going to get a lot of work in that offense. We have Antonio Gibson and Brian Robinson. Gibson's dealing with a little bit of an injury this week. But just be on the uh, look out the waiver wire for those guys as well. Gus Edwards, Kenya Drake, and of course, J.K. Dobbins, who is not pictured here. We have J.K. Dobbins coming back, too. If you have Gus Edwards, might not be a bad idea to scoop up J.K. Dobbins just to see that great Ravens' run on offense could be a thing down the stretch. Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert. Um, Mostert's available in some of the shallower leagues. If you're a Jeff Wilson owner, he looks like he has taken over the league guy, but I would like to take Mostert as well if I have that option. Cordell Patterson and Tyler Algier. That backfield's a little bit of a mess, in my opinion. Probably not even – certain if Patterson goes down, they still used multiple backs even when he was out But Algier would probably be the lead guy in that scenario. Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon. A.J. Dillon has not been there all year long. He's not been good all year long for fantasy. But if Aaron Jones went down, A.J. Dillon has been known to take a full workhorse role. you got Foreman and Chuba Hubbard. Um, I don't think Hubbard would be the full-time back. They do have a rookie out there as well, so I don't know if he'll be the full-time guy. you got Cam Akers and Kyron Williams, who at this point, we don't even know. And I know you want to talk about that for a second. Who's actually the lead guy there? We have Joe Mixon and P. Ryan. Now, if you have... Sumaji P. Piron on waivers. Go get him now because Mixon has not cleared concussion protocol just yet. Could get another spot start from this guy who, by the way, looked fantastic last week in a tougher matchup uh, um, in this game. You also have Michael Carter and Zonovan Knight. Zonovan Knight actually looked very good. He actually took over when Michael Carter went down. James Robinson's still there, but I think Knight has earned that next spot up. So if you're a Michael Carter owner, Knight might not be a bad guy to stash. And the final one in this section is Isaiah Pacheco and Melvin Gordon. I think Jarek McKinnon will still keep that, you know, he plays some baseback role anyway, but I think he'll keep that role. If something happens to Pacheco, Melvin Gordon might be the next guy up and worth someone stashing if you're a Pacheco owner. Sky, give us one or two that you want to talk about in this section.
1: Yeah, the interesting thing, first takeaway here on this entire list is you think about preseason, right? And we know about like Pollard taking over for Zeke. We've seen that happen. And Jamal Williams is straight up just taking over for DeAndre Swift. But there's some other names on here that like preseason, you just, they were definite handcuffs, definite starters. And those names have at least kind of come 50-50 or they've taken over here. So Kareem Hunt obviously hasn't blossomed, but still primary handcuff just in case. Alexander Madison, same thing. But the first one I want to talk about here is Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson. Now, preseason, you know, obviously Brian Robinson literally got shot in the leg a couple of days before draft for fantasy, and a lot of people weren't willing to take the risk on him, especially in redraft leagues. But those of you that did or just picked him up on waivers, since he's been healthy, he's been maybe not the lead back just yet, but he's certainly been more efficient than Antonio Gibson. And Antonio Gibson has been kind of up and down in his couple years with Washington, but, you know. Fine when they give him enough work. But what's interesting is over the last five games, Brian Robinson's actually gotten more carries than Antonio Gibson. But Antonio Gibson remains to get, you know, three to five targets per game, which Brian Robinson just isn't getting. They're both scoring. This offense isn't amazing. They've had quarterback troubles, of course. But when they get into the red zone, it has been running back, running back, running back. It's not the tight ends with Logan Thomas. You and I were both hoping for that preseason. It's not been Terry McLaurin. It's not been Curtis Samuel. Uh, my boy Deami Brown it's been the running back. So these guys have both kept themselves afloat but in PPR leagues it's been Antonio Gibson and half for standard it's been more Brian Robinson but I would argue that Brian Robinson from now on is actually the starter maybe Gibson is a handcuff but these guys are really 50-50 so I'm happy to have either one of these guys on my team and I think in redraft leagues Antonio Gibson is easier to get um right now than Brian Robinson and certainly in dynasty as well but do um just understand that both these guys are going to kind of vulture each other. But I also think that they both have uh pretty decent floors with limited ceiling, but Ryan, Brian Robinson's got a, a bigger uh, weekly upside and I think Gibson's got a better weekly floor.
0: quickly about Kyron Williams and cam Akers, Do you have any thoughts about Williams usage over the last couple of weeks? Do you think he's probably the better owned guy? Would you, if they are both our waivers, would you rather have Williams over Akers?
1: 100%. And actually, I've just I've just completed a trade uh, to get Kyron Williams, and I have another person looking to get Kyron Williams from me in another league in a trade as well with the last-minute uh, trade deadlines coming up here before the playoffs. So, yes, I would rather have Kyron Williams. And I think a big thing, Bob, and you and I talk about this all the time, football aside, just for a second, this is a lot of, like, clubhouse guy stuff. Like, the Rams are now, I would say, maybe, quote-unquote, stuck with Cam Akers at this point for the end of the season, but they literally – openly tried to trade him a few weeks ago, couldn't, didn't want to drop him because of the talent, so now that they have him. Kyron Williams is the guy that's getting the work. Now, he's only been active for three games. He had one carry, eight carries, 11 carries. It hasn't been super impressive, per se, but he's getting more work over those three games. 70% snap share last game. Cam Akers has averaged 35% snap share since week 11, so over the last couple of weeks, it's actually flipped quite a bit. If Kyron Williams is able to pick up the pace and keep the... Ability in this dreadful Rams offense that, by the way, won't have Matt Stafford again this week. So I expect them. He cleared protocol, but McVay's going to keep him out against Seattle. And then they have a bye week. So it's they're they're both kind of a mess. But again, it's Cam Akers is the name. Common Williams is a dynasty guy. I don't think that's the case anymore. I think he's a redraft guy, and I think he's a guy if the Rams can pick this up a little bit down the stretch. He's a free dude on waivers, most likely. I picked him up twice on waivers. Traded for him in another league and another guy's trying to trade for him here. So hot commodity, get him while you can.
0: Yeah, John Wolfer will get to start this week too, which is better news for those pass catchers. A little bit more of a pass-oriented offense than you would see with Bryce Perkins. So there's some silver lining. All right, let's talk about the real handcuffs. These are guys – well, actually, when, when I went on to Yahoo, I checked this is what I used for this. There was actually uh, – they're actually 40% or less owned on Yahoo. So there's some key guys here that could be legit – League winners. The first one that jumps off the page is James Cook. Obviously, that's going to change right away. Everyone saw the Thursday night game, the Island game. James Cook looked like the better runner. Listen, Devin Singletary does what he does. He gets you four to five yards every run. He's good in the goal line. He's very slippery. But James Cook is a different level of explosion. I think he offers some standalone value in that backfield as well. But if you're a Devin Singletary owner and James Cook's available, not a bad idea to scoop him up. Next one on the list is Jonathan Taylor with Deion Jackson. Deion Jackson showed a lot in his spot starts already this season. And Jonathan Taylor already dealing with some injuries earlier this year. Not a bad idea to scoop him up. Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison. DT, before he left us for his journey for rejuvenation, um, said in his buy-sell-hold video with Donkey anime Donkey, that the player to hold onto is Alexander Madison. Why? Because every year around week 14, Dalvin Cook goes down. If you have Dalvin Cook and don't have Alexander Madison, shame on you. One of my sleeper ones and one of my favorites, is actually, James Connor and then Kader, uh, Keontae, T- Ingram, whatever his name is, Keontae. Ben- yep. Yeah, Ingram is, is someone that I think is a must have just because of James Connor's role. He's one of the most highly utilized running backs when he's healthy, and that role has passed down to his backups. We saw with Eno Benjamin earlier this year, so I do like Ingram as well as a must have handcuff, Travis e- TTN. T- we know, dealing with the foot injury from last week, we saw Jamichael Hasty play decently. We know of Dal Henderson being there, someone that's worth noting as well. Isaiah Spiller for Austin Eckler owners. Now, if you're an Austin Eckler owner, Spiller was the guy early on in the year that we thought he was going to be the guy. Then he got hurt, but over the last few weeks, he does look like to be the 1B back there, so I do like Spiller. The one that I'm interested in a lot, get your thoughts on here, Sky, is CMC. And then with Elijah Mitchell officially out with CMC's injury, who do you feel more confident or TDP, which is Tyron Davis price or Jordan Mason? So why don't, you know, I'm going to stop there before I go through this list. Let's get your thoughts right now on the CMC backup handcuff situation.
1: Yeah. I mean, obviously you're not going to play any of these guys as long as CMC is healthy, but for me, it's actually going to be Jordan Mason who nobody knew about until two weeks ago. And, you know, TDP is supposed to be the guy and he probably is maybe, but to be honest with you, I think Mason has more explosion, in my opinion. Um, you know, UDFA is not exciting as a prospect necessarily, but came in with limited work when Elijah Mitchell went down. And every year, you know, Shanahan, we always, we 49ers, um, Shanahan always kind of bolsters the running backs with multiple guys, right? I mean, we're still waiting for Sermon and these kind of guys, right? Jamichael Hasty was that dude. He's now gone. We wait for these lower level dudes to see if they can work out, and they generally don't um, for various reasons. And I, I worry that Terry and Davis price is going to be that guy, um, bigger name in the locker room, bigger name of the prospect handle. But I think Jordan Mason just it fits the system better. So neither one of these guys is relevant at all with CMC healthy. Now, I don't think they're going to use either one of these guys much like they use Elijah Mitchell, but I do think that Jordan Mason could have like 20, 30% more active, touches than tdp coming down the stretch to keep cmc healthy so i don't want to start these guys at all but if i was going to have either one of these free handcuffs i i personally want jordan mason just knowing what he means to the to the 49ers right now over tdp now in dynasty maybe Tyrion davis price is a better guy if he develops because they have him sooner but if i had to have somebody behind cmc it's going to be jordan mason right now for the 49ers but again you're not starting anybody anytime soon but he's the dude that i would want if i'm looking for a 49er handcuff
0: tdp averaging 2.3 yards per carry that is half of what mason is at 4.6 so maybe you. you got you're to something there my friend the next one i want to talk about quickly is naji harris and jalen warren jalen warren coming off the injury i think a lot of the betty snell hype last week i think mcfarland people forgot about jalen warren jalen warren's the guy Go scoop him up. Najee Harris now dealing with injuries himself. Um, And Harris has looked better. He has looked a lot better. That offensive line has looked better in the run game. So there could be something there. I think he's kind of one of my top 10 guys you want to get as well. Next one is uh, Miles Sanders and Kenny Gainwell. Uh, I do think Boston Scott will be involved. He's not the highest guy on my list necessarily. I think Boston Scott would take over a lot of that base work. But Kenny Gainwell would probably get a little bit more if Miles Sanders was out. Uh, One of the underrated ones I think is Derrick Henry and Dontrell Hilliard. Now, Dutch Hilliard last year split time with Devonta Foreman. Hilliard had a lot of big games on the ground as well, but he also gets some passing game work. But if you give him 10, t- 10 carries and a four to five catches, you're looking at a very nice flex play if Eric, Derrick Henry went down. Uh, Davis uh, David Montgomery and Travis Ebner is someone else um, that I think is someone interesting. The rookie, you got no um, – I forget his name. Who's the Bears running back that got hurt? I can't remember his name right now. Khalil Herbert. Yeah. Khalil Herbert, thank you very much. Uh, David Montgomery, big-time workload. This guy gets a heavy workload. So if he went down with no Herbert, Ebner could be into a big role. Who would have thought I would have said this going into the season? What about Latavius Murray's handcuff? That's right. Not Latavius Murray as the handcuff. His handcuff is Mike Boone. I think Mike Boone is someone that's been long on talent, hasn't got a lot of big-time chances. But when he does, he does flash some a little bit. But if you're Latavius Murray, by the way, Murray has been used as a heavy workload with the Denver Broncos since they released Melvin Gordon. So, and of course, remember Chase Edmonds, who they traded for is also on IR. He's not available as well. Uh, slipping down, we get further down the list. These are guys we're less confident, in, but Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram. Um, Ingram does get some base work, but that Saints offense, just even Kamara has not looked great this year. So I'm not overly excited to start Ingram. If something to Kamara, Kenneth Walker. Now I put Travis Homer here over DJ Dallas. You can flip it any way you want. I personally don't have a preface. I like Travis Homer because of his, he seems to be the lead guy when he's healthy. So I would lean slightly towards him. Damian Pearson, here's a name that we forgot about, Eno Benjamin. Eno Benjamin showed that he has the flashes to handle the workload. If something happened to Damian Pierce, I do think you could look at Rex Burkhead as well. I understand that. But maybe Eno Benjamin takes on that role. And finally, Saquon Barkley is Gary Brightwell. Um, you know They do have Matt Breda, who comes from the Buffalo Bills and played with uh, Brian Dayball. But I think Gary Brightwell is the guy that I would prefer in that scenario. Now, is there any other handcuffs you want to talk about before we move on, Scott?
1: Yeah, it's a good that's a good call there. I like to mention um of the kind of the continuity, if you will, Bob, uh, with Brita. Um, again, he was supposed to be a starter with the Niners too. Uh, so a lot of those guys come out of that Shanahan offense. Yeah, I want to double back here on the Eagles. Um, I've been a long time uh, you know, pseudo-hater, I guess, on Miles Sanders, but I've also really loved Kenny Gainwell. Um, now Miles Sanders this year has exploded he's doing very well obviously and the main difference is he's scoring touchdowns last year he scored zero this year three four five six seven eight touchdowns on the ground he's doing very well last week he was actually the running back two on the week there with 143 rushing yards he's only been over 100 twice this year but he did also score two touchdowns so it's going to be miles sanders and you had mentioned boston scott is also in the mix not to mention jalen hurts is also a top running back for the eagles as well however we're talking handcuffs right now and if Miles Sanders were to go down, of course, we're not trying to hex anybody, but if he were to go down, Gainwell, for me, is going to be that guy who's going to get the lead back. Obviously, Boston Scott will be available, and maybe they throw or run more with Jalen Hurts. But Gainwell is a guy that this time of year, for the last two years, I've been stocking up on anyway. And I haven't used very often because Miles Sanders has stayed healthy, thankfully, for those of, uh, you know who are managing him. But if we're talking handcuff season, look, I'm buying into the player but I'm also buying into the notable workload in the offense. I know the Eagles are going to run the ball 40 times a game. I know that the the top running back is going to get 15, 20 touches, not to mention they throw to him as well, and they use him on the goal line also. I have long said for the last couple of years that when I see Kenny Gainwell run in limited opportunity, he can do what Miles Sanders does. He just doesn't get the work Miles Sanders does. So if he becomes that number one guy, I'm very confident Kenny Gainwell puts up Miles Sanders' numbers, and right now Kenny Gainwell is available on all – waivers unless maybe that guy took them in a in a Miles Sanders league so for me uh Kenny Gainwell is going to be a, a top-notch priority that I'm, I'm looking to uh gather for free again on any of my bench spots
0: all right let's jump down to the now that we've gotten through the running backs I do want to talk quickly about wide receivers now Sky you want to check that private chat let me know who you want to talk about here I'm interested to hear who you want to speak to but I'm going to run down the list of the wide receiver handcuffs now, this is important because, listen, when you get to the playoffs, nine times out of ten, you're going to have your studs. You're going to have the guys who got you there, and you're going to want to play those guys no matter what. Now, there is exceptions. You're going to have the wide receiver three maybe float around. But for the most part, you've got studs that you want to talk about, right? So I do want to say that there is importance to this because a lot of these guys you could find on waivers in most cases. Now, let's talk quickly about the Chargers wide receivers. We have Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, who we've already got a preview all season long about what it looks like with those guys out. And we've seen Josh Palmer and DeAndre Carter perform in big games. Now, listen, you have Justin Herbert playing at a little bit better now. Now, listen, the Chargers offensive line is going to be a disaster this week. They're down three I, I Listen, I'm worried about it. But anyway, my point is, though, Mike Williams is out again this week. So look at Josh Palmer and Michael Carter. I'm actually putting um, DeAndre Carter in my lineup for Mike Williams just this week. Not a bad option here. Another one I want to talk about here. I'm going to get your opinion on this one, Sky, as well. We got Debo, Samuel, and Ayuk, and Jawan Jennings, who someone's been very good in the slot. I know you have a couple. You're a 49ers fan here. So is there – Jawan Jennings, would you have any interest if those guys went down, or would you look at somebody else? Uh, Danny Gray, I think, is another guy that you like a lot. So talk to me a little bit about that San Francisco 49ers situation.
1: Yeah, Danny Gray is going to be a deep dynasty, dude. I do love the talent. I just don't think he's ready yet for redraft. Jawan Jennings would be the guy, I guess. But again, Bob, honestly, I just if you're talking any of these handcuffs and and first of all, I'm not going to divulge too much in the Chargers. You've already done that. I think we know. But those are Josh Palmer and and DeAndre Carter need to be just on everybody's roster. They're, They're high profile handcuffs, but they're also getting work even when those guys are healthy. So they're no brainers for me. Debo and Ayuk are one and two. I would argue right now that actually Ayuk's the number one. I said that three, four weeks ago, and we've seen it without big plays from Debo. I used getting any more work. But then you also have Kittle. You also have CMC out of the backfield, plus the run game, and Jimmy just not generally throwing too much. So, yes, Jawan Jennings would be the third guy there as a wide receiver, but I don't know that he's worth a, a roster spot, to be honest with you. When we have some other names on this list at the wide receiver position, I think just get more work as a true handcuff.
0: Okay. All right. Let's jump on to a couple other ones here too. We have Michael Gallup and CD Lamb. And I do think that Noah Brown, who by the way, flashed a lot earlier this season. I know that he's kind of fallen by the wayside. We have Odell Beckham luring over the Cowboys and he might be on the team too. But if Odell doesn't join the team, you know, if something happens to Gallup, he re a knee injury. Or sometimes CD Lamb, Noah Brown looks very good. And he did that mostly without Dak Prescott, who's playing very well. So he's someone to monitor as well. Christian Kirk. And Jamal Agnew. Now, Jamal Agnew is not someone a household name, but this guy is a touch monster. When he gets touches, he just produces. I don't know. I, he's the most annoying person for fantasy managers ever. Like last, <laughs> like last week. Here's my rant. I had I had Kirk and I had Evan Ingram in my lineup in a must win. And and Trevor Lawrence goes but bonkers throwing to Zay Jones. And freaking Jamal Agnew, and then he throws a touchdown to Marvin Jones because Andrew God Michael Hasty, baby. Yeah, God hates me. Anyway, so <laughs> Devonte Adams and Matt Collins. Listen, Matt Collins has been pretty solid in his own right this year. He's shown flashes. You have no Hunter Henry, no Darren Waller. If something happens to Devonte Adams, I think that whole entire offense goes to shit. But Matt Collins, Derek Carr has proven to be a talent elevator. Ask Nelson Aguilar and company how he's done for those guys. So Matt Collins could be someone there. You have Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen with K.J. Osborne as well. So look for K.J. Osborne, who's had good games himself, but it seems like that offense is not really supporting a third receiver this season like we thought. But if one of those guys went down, he could be solid as well. Isaiah McKenzie. For Stephon Diggs, I think that Isaiah McKenzie's kind of – flat. over the last few weeks, he's kind of earned a bigger role in snap percentage. He's kind of outshadowed other guys like Dawson Knox and Gabe Davis did find the end zone, but it was Isaiah McKenzie. So, Sky, talk to me quickly about Isaiah McKenzie. Um, Do you think he would be a – do you think he's a must-have handcuff for a Diggs owner?
1: I absolutely do. Yeah. And 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 we you know, I've been a Gabe Davis guy. I mean, Gabe Davis, there's nobody that had more hype than Gabe Davis preseason at the wide receiver position. And rightfully so. I mean, he's had some massive games. But and if, if not finding the touchdown, which which by the way, if you didn't watch the game last night, you didn't see the play Josh Allen threw Gabe Davis on a broken play where Josh Allen was 70% out of bounds, but kept his feet in the, just an incredible athletic throw. But without that broken play touchdown, Gabe Davis gives you two catches, two touchdowns, you know two uh, targets rather for nothing saves the day. Now on the other side though, and what's been interesting, man, and I tweeted this out last night, Gabe Davis, when I watch these games, cause I've got Gabe Davis and my brother as Stefan Diggs in this league we're in together. So we watch bills games pretty closely. Stefan Diggs obviously is the monster. We all know that, but Gabe Davis is the guy getting double coverage most of the time. And I, I need to find a metric to like prove this. But every time I see a target to Gabe Davis, It's he's got two or three guys around him. It's insane, and and Stephon Diggs is running the entire field with a single coverage. It blows my mind. Nonetheless, the third guy open though all the time, and Isaiah McKenzie is open in space. The last four games here now against Cleveland in Week uh, 11, he had just one target, no catches. He got injured in that game, but against Minnesota, four for four, 37 yards. Against Detroit, 10 targets on Thanksgiving. Six catches, 96 yards, and a touchdown last night. Five for five against New England, 44 yards. So he's not going to give you a big uh, play percentage necessarily. But if we think back to last year's Bills, we have that third run there. You know, Emmanuel Sanders, Cole Beasley, if you will. PPR guy that can help bolster your roster. And if Gabe Davis or Stephon Diggs happen to go down, down the stretch, we know that the Bills have a a pass-happy offense. And, you know, Josh Allen, has progressed as a quarterback, obviously he's going to find that open guy. And lately it has been McKenzie. So Savon Diggs obviously is top rostered. Gabe Davis probably is too. So if you're talking about the actual handcuff on this team, it's going to be McKenzie available in your rosters. And he, I would love to have that kind of a guy on my roster just in case.
0: All right, let's jump down, too. So we have the, the Eagles wide receivers, Brown and and uh, Smith. You also have Quez Watkins, so I, I think he's flashed a little bit more now with the Dallas Goddard injury. If something were to happen to one of those guys, this kid playing with an MVP candidate could be a solid player down the stretch as well. Metcalf and Lockett with Marquise Goodwin. Um, Marquise Goodwin has played pretty well this season and has looked good in expanded roles in previous years. Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Julio Jones, folks, uh, has been healthy. And hasn't really been huge in the box score just yet, but if something happens to Evans or Godwin, you could look at Julio Jones down the stretch as well. And the final one's Terry McLaurin uh, for Jahan Dotson. I think Jahan Dotson has been falling back once you got Terry he- Taylor Heineke in there, but I think if something happens to McLaurin, Dotson would kind of reemerge again. But what's your thoughts about those final four? Any of those guys stand out?
1: I like that man. Let me let me throw a let me throw a shout out to Julio just because we're running out of time to do that in his career and. He's been one of my favorite players ever in the NFL. Um, So, again, not crazy stats. Obviously, he's not Julio Jones anymore. We know that. But over the last couple of games, he's been healthy, right? Since week eight, they had a bye week in week 11. Four targets, five, five, and four. Nothing crazy, but he's got two touchdowns in those four games, and he's got over 40 yards in both of those games. Now, I bring this up specifically. The Buccaneers this week play the Saints. We know (laughs) Mike Evans and Marshawn Lattimore pretty much are like UFC when they play each other and Marshall and, and because Marshall and Latim were kind of punks, Mike, Mike Evans, period. I mean, we know Brady's going to kind of force feed him when he can, but this is going to be a heavy Chris Godwin game, which I love because I've got Godwin in all my leagues because somehow he was drafted in the eighth round because he was injured, took advantage of that all summer long. But don't be surprised if Julio Jones, he's like a deep DFS guy for me this week. Don't be surprised if Brady looks two plays into the game, Marshawn and Evans are just boxing each other okay I'm gonna leave those two alone you go Godwin and you go Julio while he's healthy Julio could have five six eight targets in this game I wouldn't be shocked maybe a touchdown so Julio Jones is not Julio Jones that we remember but he is a high quality third option on a mostly high quality offense in a week where things could get weird with Mike Evans and he always has that you know maybe a hamstring injury away and Chris Godwin isn't always healthy either so while he's healthy Julio Jones is rosterable if you have an open spot.
0: All right. I think for the tight end handcuff segment, I want to talk quickly about just two guys. Cause I think it's only really two guys that actually matter because we've seen some flashes from their backups. Listen, Zach Ertz went down and you know, Trey T- 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 McBride has not been good. Uh, Dallas Goddard went down and we don't even hear from the d- Eagles deep uh, tight end. So I get that, but there's two guys. It's Travis Kelsey, and Noah Gray, I think Noah Gray has been on the field a decent amount already. They've been using, using, more two tight end sets with the injuries to the receiving core. And I think he's someone that I probably would trust more than the. St- I, would, I would rather pick up Noah Gray and, st- and play him than stream a tight end, like try to play with like uh, trying to figure out Robert Tanya is going to have a good week or, you know, uh, Ev- Gerald Everett even to an extent. And the same thing goes for Mark Andrews with Isaiah Likely. And listen, Josh Oliver just had a nice game, too. It looks like they're playing more two tight end sets anyway. Uh, I do believe that Josh Oliver was a revenge game. I do think that they purposely wanted to get him going against the Jags. That's just a hint for me. Um, But I do think Isaiah likely is someone that I want on my team as well. Any thoughts about these guys? Are you just good with both of them?
1: Yeah, I mean, those are the two obvious ones. Um, certainly in Dynasty, these guys should definitely be rostered here. Isaiah likely more than Noah Gray because Travis Kelsey's just infinite. But Mark Andrews has been hit or miss. Obviously, when he's healthy, though, he's that whole offense. I'm going to throw a couple of other deeper names out here just in case you're streaming or, or somebody gets hurt. Um, first of all, it, it's, it's dumb, but if you can play within the rules, I think Taysom Hill this time of year is worth rostering. You can play him as a tight end if you need to. And Andy Dalton and Jimmy, uh, Jimmy, yikes, uh, Jamison, uh, Jamis Winston are not necessarily the option there. So keep an eye on, on Taysom Hill if you have an extra spot. Also, let me just kind of go way into the, the barrel here. Um, Kate Auten and or Cameron Brate I think, are a good option for Tom Brady. He hyper targets the tight end position in the red zone specifically. Kate Otten was doing quite well for like two months when Cameron Brate was hurt. Um seven, three, five, five, six, three targets before last week's goose egg when uh Camera Break came back. But that's a nice option there. Also, Jelani Woods came out of nowhere for the Colts last week, but big time prospect. Um, eight catches on nine targets for 98 yards last week. I like that just in case Mo Ali Cox can't go. And then I'll throw out the Browns as well. Um, you know, late catch there for David and Joku, but I do think that Harrison Bryant also is an option potentially, and Deshaun Watson. Um, has targeted his uh, tight ends over the years. So I do kind of like the free square there with um, either one of the uh, streaming Browns, if you will. And there's some other names here aren't even handcuffs, but the streamable options, maybe um, uh, Greg Dolchich, you can make another stab on. If Jawan Johnson is still out there somehow, you can pick him up. Uh, Noah Fant as well. And uh, maybe even hit the well with uh, Tyler Conklin if available too. All
0: right. All right. So, we're getting a little bit – listen, I get it, Sky. we It's so hard not to just start talking about streamers. This is a handcuff show, right? This is What are you doing? You're going rogue on me. I still love you to death. But let's talk – see, now, there are players out there I would drop, but I wouldn't drop you, though, even no matter what. I still love you to death. But here's – this is the e- – the easy part is to tell you all this stuff, and the problem is we need to also factor in what players are sitting on the ends of these rosters right now that haven't either produced or – just really aren't gonna. They're just flex plays at best anyway. So what's the point of even rostering them if they're not difference makers? So I'm gonna give you a list, and you're just gonna tell me yes or no. Would you be willing to drop them for one of these handcuffs we talked about today? If you didn't have like, you're, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring up AJ Dillon. Just assume you don't have Aaron Jones, and let's say for example, would you drop a- AJ Dillon to pick up Kareem Hunt if you had Nick Chubb? That's gonna be the scenario. Okay, let's do this. Ready? Here's the rundown. First one is Devonta Smith, who's been, meh, average, has big games. Would you drop Devonta Smith? Uh, no. Cortland Sutton.
1: God, this is my issue. Yeah, if you haven't been able to trade him and you really needed one of these handcuff running backs, sure.
0: Alan Lazard.
1: Ooh, quick stab to you, huh, Bob?
0: It hurts. Um, it hurts.
1: Yes, yes. Broken thumb for Rodgers. Christian Watson. Don't love Lazard right now.
0: Adam Thielen coming off his big game, but prior to that, he was not good.
1: Yeah, I'm okay to drop Thielen if you need to.
0: Raheem Mostert.
1: Tough. Assuming you don't have Jay Willie, sure, I can drop Mostert. Kareem Hunt. Tough one. If you don't have Chubb, I, I, I want Kareem Hunt anyway just because Watson's back, and I want to see what happens, so I'll keep him one more week.
0: AJ Dillon.
1: Yeah, tough. I'm willing to drop him.
0: I think I hold on a second. I think I had Dylan here. Is it I O N or just O N? Dylan, is it I O N? All right, whatever. No, D
1: I L L O N.
0: Okay, it's just O
1: N. Dillian, Dil, right. Dillian,
0: Dillian. All right, I want to just make sure we're we're putting the right names out there, folks. I, I apologize for that. Yeah, All right, anyway, we're we're we're, we're right here. All right, AJ Dylan.
1: Yeah, I'll get. I'll, I'm not interested in AJ Dylan.
0: Uh, Dawson Knox.
1: No. He hasn't been on my roster anyway.
0: Tyler Boyd.
1: Jamar Chase may or may not come back. I'm going to hold Tyler Boyd until Jamar Chase is healthy. Jerry Judy. Not interested in bron- Broncos in general.
0: Deontay Johnson.
1: Keep him around. Yep, he gets the volume.
0: Jacoby Myers. No. Brandon Cooks. No. Josh Palmer. Keep him. Curtis Samuel. No darius slayton
1: Mm, yes because he's been getting the volume too he's got big play potential
0: jake drake london
1: love the kid and i love marcus but no
0: damian harris
1: damian harris is healthy scratch and he's hurt anyway Ramondre is the guy i i can keep i can cut him
0: rondell moore
1: rondell moore with hollywood back not interested
0: There you go, folks. All right, folks, there you have it. We not only broke down handcuffs from the running backs to the wide receivers to the tight ends, but we also broke down for you some of the key players you can drop off your rosters to pick up these handcuffs. It is extremely important to remember, once you make the playoffs, folks, you only got three weeks. You're playing each week. So please do not lose Dalvin Cook and then have to play some schmuck at RB. You should have Alexander Madison on your roster. Sky, before we close the show, any final thoughts about handcuffs, anything about player drops, anything you want to tell the people?
1: I think this is the time of year to not get cute with your roster. You're trying to make the best roster moving into the playoffs, but you have different minds If you have a top team, you've already clinched a playoff spot. I would start getting all these running backs, maybe even an extra DST or a kicker, depending on the matchups, the outdoors, right? Last night I had Nick Folk and, and uh, Tyler Bass, right? In this outdoor windy situation, right? I started flopping guys out just in case. So start looking at kickers and DSCs ahead of time if you can. And running backs are very, very important. I would rather have five handcuff running backs than three extra wide receivers on my team because you can always find receivers on your bench.
0: There you go, folks. That's all we got for the rest of the day. Once again, this is a Rasball Fantasy Football Podcast on the Rasball Fantasy YouTube channel. Make sure you check us out. Subscribe, hit a like, follow us on the YouTube channel. Also, make sure you jump over to IG and TikTok at Ball Fantasy. And of course... Make sure you go to rasball.com for all the great content from all our great writers, including that guy over there, Sky Gawasco. Once again, I'm your host, Bobby Lamarco. You can follow me at Bobby Lamarco on Twitter. I want to thank my co-host for today, at Sky Gowasco. You can follow him at Sky Gowasco on Twitter. Make sure you're here on Sunday, folks. Sky, you joining us on Sunday? You going to be there? Yes, sir. That's what I'm talking about. We'll see you on Sunday, folks. We are out of here.